first thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fired up when you're ready. Fired up. Fired up. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's going to be a drag race. Oh, they touch, they touch. Oh, my God. He's going to do it. It's a video game move. Have you ever? No, I've never. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> First, your last. Welcome to Running Hot, the all-new motorsports betting podcast from Action Network. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And joining me, my co-host and good friend, Stephen Young of Broto Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. Welcome to the season preview episode of Running Hot. Stevie, how are you doing? You excited for a new season? I'm excited for a new season. Definitely excited for this new show. We've been trying to find ways to work together, I feel like, for years. And it's here, Nick. We're here. We're going to be betting and talking, betting all year. And excited isn't even the right word. I'm pumped. Second year of the car. Uh, a lot to look forward to this year. Oh, yeah. There's a whole lot to look forward to uh, to this year. Like you said, I'm very excited to be working with you as well. We've been trying to do it since like nascar dfs started in 2015 i know you and i have been trying to work together almost since uh then since we knew each other so very excited about that and for you listeners we'll be with you all season long bringing you betting content every week that cars are on track we'll preview the upcoming race weekend and of course we'll give you our favorite bets since there's no race this coming weekend though uh with teams and drivers having a week off after the clash and before the Daytona 500, Stevie and I are going to preview the 2023 season and give you our favorite futures bets for the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series season. So, Stevie, uh, you ready to dive into this? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, you're going to see a common theme with my bets and the year because there's a couple drivers that I'm very excited for for the 2023 season. Yeah, me too. And uh, real quick, before we kind of dive into that, do you have like a, a favorite NASCAR bet of all time that you've made? Oh, all time. So it was, it, I think it was 2021, Christopher Bell at the Daytona road course. It was one of the only times we ran the road course as like a points race. Just some trends from his Xfinity days. And he was like 60 to one on like a Wednesday. And I was like, you know, we need to do this. And yes, it hit. He won the race. It was his first cup win. And it was fantastic. So, I mean, that was fun. I mean, we've had a ton of fantastic, like, DFS moments over the years, you know, sweating 100K, winning winning 100K on a rainout race. It's It's been a it's been a fantastic journey. Um, but, I mean, betting-wise, I think Christopher Bell winning at the Daytona Road Course, like, it, it, just, it was all just kind of magical, um, you know, especially when you think about that season in general. Yeah, it, it certainly was. I think for me, my favorite betting moment had to come this past year. I had a run there of just hitting some crazy winners several weeks in a row or or like five out of six weeks. But uh, I think my favorite of those had to be Chris Buescher winning at the Bristol night race. I just felt like my capping process was really sharp at that period of time. And even though Chris Buescher, I think it only led one or maybe zero laps ever at Bristol. Just the way I saw those Roush cars running at similar tracks, I just thought this was the time to to fire at 125 to one. And sure enough, for some reason, Harvick uh, pitted late and Busher stayed out and was able to hold off uh, Hamlin and Harvick and all those other guys. So that's definitely my favorite betting moment. Let's try to have a new 
favorite betting moment in 2023. Speaking of 2023, we got to get into these changes. We have some new drivers in some new places, even some new team name changes or ownership changes. Got a lot of rule changes. So we're just going to quickly go through these. We're not going to go into too much detail here, but uh, real quickly, drivers in new places. We have Kyle Busch and Tyler Reddick kind of swapping places. Kyle Busch fills that number eight ride at Richard Childress Racing, whereas Tyler Reddick, he's not filling that 18 car. Instead, he's going to 2311 and hopping in that 45 car, which is a sister team to Joe Gibbs Racing. So a little bit of a trade there. And then filling in that 18 seat, but switching that number to 54 is rookie Ty Gibbs joining his grandfather, Joe Gibbs at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, we also have Ryan Priest hopping into the number 41 car at Stuart Haas Racing. And Noah Gregson filling in for Ty Dillon in the newly rebranded Legacy Motor Club. So it's no longer Petty GMS. It is now Legacy Motor Club. So those five driver changes are the major changes. Um, what are you looking for from maybe one or two of these guys here, Stevie? We're going to talk about it when we get into the picks a little bit, but... I'm really concerned about Tyler Reddick, where he kind of excelled last season, was on the road courses, and where Toyota really struggled was on the road courses. So Chevy hit on something super early on the road courses, and you saw it throughout the entire season, and I'm worried about that for Reddick going into the Toyota camp. Is it going to be the same kind of thing? I don't think Kyle Busch really is affected much by going from Toyota to Chevy, maybe even better on the road courses. He's already very good everywhere. He's one of the best drivers we've ever seen. I'm really excited for Ryan Priest. You know, we have, I think, five or six short flat tracks, and this is a type of racetrack that, like, we're not even expecting him to run top 10. We actually think that Ryan Priest has a chance to win those type of races, and a fuel pump issue cost him a clash. Like, he drove. He was one of the only people that could pass on the outside. So Gibbs and Gregson, we'll see. Rookies with this car, they got a little seat time last year, but I really am kind of focusing on does Reddick decline and how well does Ryan Priest do on some of these tracks that really suit him with this car? Yeah, I, I would agree with all those. And I thought it, Priest, like you mentioned, was really good at the clash, uh, was able to drive forward. And I thought it was very notable that his odds were like 50 to 1, 60 to 1 to win the clash there. If we get some odds like that at some of these other shorter flat tracks, uh, we could have some good paydays here potentially on Ryan Priest this year. Uh, moving forward, let's also talk about the new rules changes that NASCAR has introduced for the 2023 season. Announced them just last week. Got a lot of rules changes here, so we're just going to fly through them. Um, at road course races, they have removed the stage break caution. So they'll still award stage points, but they've removed the caution break. So that race, if it you know hits the end of a stage, will still just stay green and still keep racing. Uh, they also eliminated the top 30 rule to make the playoffs. Uh, so for example, if Corey LaJoy wins the Atlanta and finishes 31st in points, he still would be eligible for the playoffs now, whereas last year he would not have been. We also have rain tires for some of the shorter ovals. We're talking the Martinsville the phoenixes the richmonds of the world uh and it's not going to be full on wet conditions they would race these in but damp conditions we do have wet tires for those so we could potentially have one of those races in our future uh the loose wheel rules have been changed a little bit if the loose wheel occurs under yellow on pit road it's just a tail end of the rear penalty if it occurs under green flag conditions uh then it's a pass-through penalty and if it occurs off of pit road then uh it is a two-lap hold and you'll lose two crew members for two races 
Also, they've expanded the restart zone by 25% on each side. And finally, the, the big one, there is no more Ross Chastain. They call it the Hail Melon. I'm not a fan of that name. No more Hail Melon, no more Chastain move where you ride the wall at Martinsville. That'll be deemed a safety issue and a time penalty. So of those rules, which do you think bet impacts betting the most and how? Uh, it has to be the stage break at road courses. It, like, hands down, one of the most frustrating things is the fastest car on the track not being on the right pitch strategy and coming out after a stage like 15th. You know, we saw it with Daniel Suarez last year at Coda. Clearly the best car, got stuck in traffic, couldn't drive back through. Um, so this change, I think, is huge for betting because now – analyzing and getting the best car on road courses and not getting, you know, messed up by, Oh, why did he stay out during a, you know, competition caution and, you know, stuff like that. So I love this change for betting. I think it's huge. I also think the top 30, that doesn't really change anything. I don't think the restart zone changes anything. Rain tires on short ovals. This is huge. Like if we're going to a Martinsville and we're projecting for like 40% of rain, on a Sunday and we know that like, it's going to rain. Let's take some long shots, right? Let's take some shots on guys. Like we don't know what this is going to do. No one knows. Like we can test it and all that stuff. But I think the first like time, and it might not even be this year, but the first time that we get to take advantage of this, like we're going to be firing some 40 to one, some 45 to ones and just having some fun with it. Because I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to bet. I agree. I agree with all that. I think the number one absolutely has to be the road course, road course stage breaks being removed. Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting, though, here, I'm a little I'm very glad they implemented that rule, but I'm a little sad that we'll lose the ability to bet on some long shots to win stage one or to win stage two, because I know I hit a Logano 40 to one to win a stage last year because he was starting mid pack and everybody in front of him. I knew it was going to pit to go on that air quote race winning optimal strategy. And he was going to stay out to get that playoff point. And uh, sure enough, he, he, you know, 40 to one, one stage. I can't remember if it was stage one or stage two, but you get the idea. It applied to both stages. So I'm going to miss that little bit of a betting aspect of it. Um, so any, any other final thoughts before we dive into our picks, essentially, Stevie, any final thoughts about 2023? I mean, it's the second year with this car. There's some changes that have been made, but now teams have a lot more data. We have a lot more data. You know, you and I both love that. So I think I test and data adding together and, you know, that's what we're kind of here for. So I'm excited for the season and I'm really excited to see some of the jumps that these teams make with this second car. Do we still see a record tying winning amount of drivers, you know, stuff like that. Do we see someone get like an eight win season um, I think there's a lot to watch this year and I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, so real quick, before we dive into our official picks, I was doing a little digging and uh, this came across my radar with it being the Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, I think it would be fun to tie in Super Bowl into our niche, of course, NASCAR, the Daytona 500. And I found a prop at William Hill. Which will be greater, the distance of the first touchdown in the Super Bowl or the total number of cautions in the Daytona 500? So, Stevie, what do you think about this one? I love it. This is fun. Um, I mean, this is what, you know, betting is all about is having fun, making some money. I Listen, I think that 
looking at the numbers and, you know, especially looking at super speedways with this new car last season, I think you have to take the touchdown on this one. I mean, that's where I would lean personally. I, I think that we could potentially see like six to nine cautions in the Daytona 500. I like the odds of a touchdown being longer than 10 yards. So um, I'm going to take the touchdown and uh, man, what a fun little bet that you found here. I, I like it. We're, we're bringing the goods here, you know, episode one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to add a little more context here, um, if you just look at distance, of first touchdown prop, it's 10 and a half. And I crunched the numbers on the Daytona 500 since 2017, which is an important cutoff because that's when the stages started. Uh, and there's cautions for the stages, two cautions guaranteed for stage one and stage two. So since 2017, the average number of cautions is eight and a half and the median is eight. And there's only been one time at the Daytona 500 where the cautions have been outside of the seven to nine range, right? And the, the line for the touchdowns is, 10 and a half and only once has Daytona 500 had more than 10 and a half caution. So you definitely got to go with the longer one, the greater one being the first touchdown distance, especially with the high powered offenses of the chiefs and the Eagles. So uh, I think it's going to be great because then we probably, unless Jalen hurts first touchdown is one yard, we're probably still sweating this bet going into next weekend as well. All right. So that is going to do it for our little intro here. And now, we got to get to the picks. We are going to take you for a lap around the 2023 NASCAR season. So, Stevie, we are diving right into turn one with our first picks. What do you have for us in turn one, Stevie? I got Ryan Blaney to win the championship. 11-1. to 1. Love this spot for him. This was arguably the best car last year. I don't think anyone can really argue it. He had speed all year. He was first in green flag speed, first in raw speed last season. He was super unlucky not to win a race. Um He's the sixth favorite to win the championship on most books, which seems like really nice value given just how good he was last year. We are expecting a lot better pit road just in general this year. So this was one of the worst teams when we're looking at the numbers on pit road. If they can be a little bit better, I, I think Ryan Blaney wins three plus races. So getting him at plus 1100 here to win the championship is where my favorite, you know, turn one future pick is going to be. Yeah, I really like that. Um, Ryan Blaney, like you mentioned, he started off last year just so fast, so fast. I mean, he could have won Auto Club. He had a great car there. Uh, he had arguably the best car at Phoenix one. Uh, and then, you know, him and Chase Elliott. And then all all heck broke loose at the end of that race. Uh, and, you know, he was right there in contention for some other wins. It was very unlucky to not win a race, as you mentioned. So I like that pick. Ryan Blaney is Stevie's pick to win the championship as a bet. My turn one pick is going to be Martin Truex Jr. to win the championship at 14 to 1. Uh, I would take this down to 12 to 1, but I'd probably pass if it was anything lower than 12 to 1. Uh, let's just look at last year, right? He didn't win. We all know that. He didn't even make the playoffs because of the way the playoff system works. He was the first driver without a win. Uh, you know, it, so that means he didn't make the playoffs because he didn't have that win to get him in. Uh, but he was fourth in regular season points. He got the monkey off his back, so to speak, with that clash win, a really dominant clash win. I mean, he easily had the best car. He drove through the field in his heat. He drove to the front. Yeah, there were some late restarts where maybe he he lost the lead a little bit, but he clearly had the best car. Him and maybe Ryan Priest and Bubba Wallace arguably had the best cars there. Uh, Austin Dillon also looked really good, by the way. But also... JGR, Toyota, they improved as a whole as the year went on last year. 
They were out to lunch early on in the season in the road courses, especially, and they made some gains on the road courses as the year progressed. I expect that to continue into 2023. They may not be the best, but at least I think that helps them as far as making the playoffs. Uh, you know, if maybe he, if instead of being fourth in regular season points, he's third or second, he's able to pip Ryan Blaney in that as aspect last year if they were better on the road courses. So that certainly helps them get into the playoffs, I would think, there. They also were just better overall. I mean, they struggled early on in the season. Auto Club, uh, especially Las Vegas, they had some some issues as well. Uh, Sorry, not Las Vegas. They were good at Las Vegas, but uh, after that, they were still a little slow compared to the field, but they really ramped it up throughout the season there. Uh, I think both Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch at 23-11, the sister team to JGR, were evidence of that. They both came on halfway through the year and were threats to win, uh, especially Bubba Wallace after, of course, um, Kurt Busch's unfortunate uh, concussion issue there. Uh, But Bubba Wallace was a threat to win week in and week out, especially in those mile and a halfs. Uh, Danny Hamlin, he was 15th in regular season points, and he almost made the championship four, if not for the Ross Chastain move there. Uh, so certainly big improvement there on the JGR side. So I think the whole Toyota camp improved last year. I think Martin Truex Jr. definitely makes the playoffs, and he makes the playoffs. He absolutely shouldn't be 14-1 to one to win the championship. He'd be better than half of those drivers, I think. So uh, that's why I like him down to 12-1. to one. I love that. Um, I think this is a fantastic value. It won't be this way. Like, you're not going to get this for much longer, especially after the Clash. Like, clearly the best car at the Clash, like you said. Ranked first in raw speed and first in green flag speed that entire race. So, just never fell off. The Toyotas never fell off in general. So, um, I love this one. We made it through turn one. We're continuing through the corner on to turn two. Give it to us, Stevie. I mean, we're gaining speed, right? That's what you got to do off of turn two. Uh, Denny Hamlin over two and a half wins. You're getting this at plus money right now. I love this. You know, you it just kind of piggybacking off of what you just said with Martin Truex Jr. Toyota, where were they at the beginning of the year? They had so much speed at the end of the year. So I like this over two and a half wins. Um, I mean, he's eight to one to win the championship, like third, third favorite odds. And we're getting value at over two and a half wins. So something seems off a little bit with this one. Um, I mean, Toyota first, third, fourth in the clash and green flag speed. So if we're going to see that type of speed, on these short tracks and on these flat tracks, it just takes up, you know, what over half the races between high tire wear, super speedways. So Denny is set up for success. Kyle Bush has moved on. Ty Gibbs isn't going to get the number one stuff. The focus for JGR is going to be Denny Hamlin and getting him that championship. So I like over two and a half wins for Denny at plus money. Yeah, certainly. Since they, since NASCAR kind of, you know, in that Gen 6 era moved to uh, that, that different downforce package and different engine package, Denny Hamlin dominated in 2019, dominated in 2020. He still had two wins in 2021, and then we flipped to the next gen car, uh, and he had two wins last year. So I think getting plus money on the over is is super value. So I really, really like that bet as well. Good find there, Stevie. For my turn two pick, I'm going to go with a season's win prop between two teammates. I'm going to take Ryan Blaney at plus money, plus 105 you can get right now over Joey Logano. I'd take this at anything plus money. Um, I really see these two as equals. And while Joey Logano did win the championship last year, Blaney was incredibly lucky, unlucky, I should say, not to win in 2022. He could have won the Daytona 500 if he didn't play nice to his teammate, Austin Sindrick. He had... 
the best or the second best car like we talked about at Phoenix one. He should have won Phoenix two if he wasn't playing wingman for Joey Logano, who won the champ- that race and championship. Um, he even made some big gains in his worst tracks like Richmond, Darlington, and Homestead. He had some of his best finishes at a couple of those tracks last year. So uh, I think, you know, Logano and Blaney are absolutely equals. And it's almost like Blaney's being owed a little bit at this point of good karma or, or something like that. Uh, as you talked about with the championship bet, championship bet, he had the fastest average green flag speed ranking among all drivers. Um, and, you know, two years ago, he did beat Logano and wins. So they're 50-50 on this prop over the last two years. Um, and I do think Logano was a bit lucky on his four wins. Darlington, he, you know, he moved Byron out of the way after several other better cars went out, notably Larson, Chastain, etc. cetera. Uh, and Phoenix, Blaney was better, better at, you know, the championship race, but uh, he had to play wingman for Joey Logano there to hold off Ross Chastain, who was coming there at the end of the race to catch Logano. Uh, Logano was also a little bit lucky at Gateway, where he won. There were five other drivers in that race that led more laps than him. So I think a bit of good luck for Logano, a bit of bad luck for Blaney last year. If we kind of regress to the mean, these two should be about equal, so I'll take plus money on Blaney. Yeah, you know, we talk about coaches of the year all the time for like NFL, NBA and stuff, but Jonathan Hassler is the real deal. Like this is a guy that was a race engineer with this team and he's the real deal. I like Blaney a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. Let's do it. Plus money on Blaney over Logano for season wins. You know, I already talked about how I think he has a chance to win the championship. So let's do it, man. I'm, I'm on board with you on Ryan Blaney over Logano. All right. We made it through turn two. We went down the back stretch, and now it's time to barrel in to turn three. We both have a couple of season points matchup props. So, Take us into turn three here, Stevie, with yours. All right, got to slow it down a little bit, get through this one nice and smooth so we can get off of turn four really good. But Christopher Bell over Tyler Reddick, minus 118 on season points. Um, I don't know why it's not like a longer here, but like Christopher Bell was one of the best cars last year. He won, what, two of the last five races. He led all of Toyota's in speed. Like where Toyota was struggling, Christopher Bell was still running really good and just getting unlucky sometimes. So... With the lack of speed on road courses and where Reddick kind of excelled in 2022, I really think that like Christopher Bell is someone that not only can beat Tyler Reddick, but he also is someone that can win a championship where he's at in his career. So I quietly have him in my final four. He dominated on restarts last year. This restart zone potentially being bigger potentially helps him. You know, we don't know what the restart, like, let's make it a little bit bigger. We don't know what that's going to do, but it also doesn't hurt someone that was really good in restart. So, I mean, he was fourth in raw speed. Reddick was six with the change of equipment going to the sister team. It's not like he's taking over for Kyle Busch in a JGR car. Listen, 2311 had speed. I'm not arguing with that, but we're getting probably the second best JGR car compared to the second best 2311 car. Give me Christopher Bell over Tyler Reddick on season points this year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I actually had this originally as one of my picks before I decided to pivot a little bit. So right there with you, Bell should be a threat to make the championship four. And I think while Tyler Reddick can make the championship four, he probably uh, would be a, a bigger underdog to do so than than Bell. So uh, I, give me Bell as well. For my turn three pick, I'm going to go, like I said, season points matchup, but I'm going to take Martin Truex Jr., at minus 115 over his former teammate, now Richard Trill, just racing driver, Kyle Busch. Uh, it's hard for me to make 
Bush and Truex, you know, equals when we remove the juice, both sides are minus 115 on this prop. Uh, so that would be 50 50. Uh, if you know, if you remove the juice there, hard for me to make them equals, you know, Truex, if, if we just look at that eight car last year when Tyler Reddick was in it, Truex beat Reddick had the head last year in regular season points, and it wasn't even close. Um, just unfortunately for Truex, he didn't get that W to get him in to the playoffs. But like I said earlier, I expect Truex to get in the playoffs this year. Uh, he then extended that points lead, you know, not counting for the adjusted point system. If we just use race points. He extended that points lead over Reddick in the playoffs as well. And I don't see Kyle Busch as like a major upgrade over Reddick. He might you know, it, he might finish a few more races than Reddick did. Reddick had a lot of problems last year, although some of it was mechanical. Yeah, I remember he had a lot of tire issues, um, but he might not. I mean, Kyle Busch has had some 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 DNFs as well, but he probably has a little bit less upside than Tyler Reddick as well. Just, you know, he obviously is heading into the, the trailing years of his career in his late 30s. Um, getting close to 40 there. So uh, I don't think he has as much upside as Reddick, but I think he could be a little more consistent, bring a few more finishes. Uh, so I don't, I think it'll be closer than Reddick versus Truex last year, but I still think Truex should be a pretty big favorite over Kyle Busch. So that's my turn three pick. Um, Stevie, we're going to go barreling into turn four, right? We made it through turn three. Now it's time to hit the throttle and let's work our way towards the start finish line. What do you have for turn four? I mean, when we're going through turn four, we got to hit the throttle, like you said, and there's no weather, no better way to hit the throttle than having my first hot take of 2023, and that is... I love it. Chase Elliott, under three and a half wins at plus 110. Uh, I said this to Nick, and I was like, I I'm going to put it in turn four instead of turn one. Um, I don't want to come out of the gate like too hot for everyone, but I love this. I land in Nashville on Friday, and I this right when I get out of the car i'm going to be placing this one putting my money where my mouth is eight winners in the last 10 races last year chase Elliott was fifth in raw speed fourth in green flag speed but he's the yet he's the the favorite to win the championship by a good margin we have spread out wins again this year i don't think anyone wins more than four races i think that this car where we are at i think 2024 2025 we see teams take a huge step but i think with this car where we're at right now we're going to see teams still in that like two to four win range i don't think chase elliott is the guy that everyone thinks he is like, you look at it he backed into some wins last year I, I listen i know it's a hot take I, I know at the end of the day i know it's a hot take but i don't think chase wins the championship first of all and i think that he stays under three and a half wins this year I love it. I love a good hot take, um, especially when you take NASCAR's most popular driver, the guy that's won the most races uh, last year and, you know, was arguably running away with the regular season points race there uh, partway through the season. I love it. I think that's a super hot take. So uh, Chase Elliott under three and a half wins plus 110 is Stevie's turn for pick. My turn for pick. I'm going to go Daniel Suarez under half a win. In other words, I'm saying he's not getting a win this year. And we get that at plus 130. So some very solid plus money. Um, you mentioned Daniel Suarez dominated Coda last year, Circuit of the Americas. And then after stage one, he kind of had to go back through the field because he stayed out at the end of the stage one to win uh, the stage one points and, and, and all that stuff. And then he had trouble moving through the field. He spun out. He also won Sonoma. Uh, but then... They kind of fell off a bit at the road courses, both Chastain and Suarez. Trackhouse racing did lose a little bit, partly to the 
emergence of Tyler Reddick at the road courses, but also Chase Elliott um, was really dominant at the road courses there at the end as well. And Suarez and, and Chastain, they were about fifth place cars uh, at best uh, on the latter half of the road course season. Um, he did have some moderate success at the intermediates. Like he led in the 30 to 35 lap range at the Coca-Cola 600 at Michigan uh, at Las Vegas too, but nothing like significantly dominant where you're like, man, he was the car to beat. Just am not quite sold on him being a guy that's going to be dominant and winning a race. He's got to sneak a win in there this year. You know, super speedways. He's never been good at super speedways. You'd always think like, well, there's always the opportunity at super speedways, but he's just not really had much success at super speedways. So I actually have him favored for zero wins. If I look at the season as a whole and kind of cap his win probabilities at each of those races uh, ahead of the season, which is it's hard to do, but uh, kind of doable. I mean, there, there were some races last year, even after 20 or not 23, 11 track house racing became really, really good that I was still showing about one and a half percent win probability on Daniel Suarez. So uh, just, I haven't favored for zero wins. So I really like getting plus money. So that's going to wrap it up, dude. We made it through turn one through turn four. There's only one thing left to do. What's that, Stevie? You gotta go to Victory Lane. Um, I got I got my pass. You got yours to get into Victory Lane this week? I sure do. We got our passes. We're going into Victory Lane. Stevie, what's our Victory Lane pick for the week? This means we are both on this play because we're in Victory Lane with it. Yeah, I mean, there's no surprise to anybody that knows me. William Byron plus 1,600 to win the championship. Like, Nick... I love that you like message me and you're like, Hey, this is better here. Uh, so shop this one because it, this line's moving all over the place, but we got it at 16 to one for Byron to win the championship, arguably the best car in the first 10 races last year. There was no doubt. Um, there's been a lot of rumors floating around that Hendrick motorsports kind of had William Byron, you know, checking things um, out, testing things. And like, this is something that Hendrick has done in the past. Byron got those that second win. Um, and like at the end of the day, when we're looking at stuff like this and we see like super fast speed kind of disappearing, a lot of issues mechanically, and then playoff start, and he was just there's the speed again. So for someone that still ended up seventh in green flag speed with no speed in the middle of the season, I think this is a really, really plus value bet. Yeah, uh, and you can get this 16 to 1 at FanDuel. So like you said, shop around. Make sure to grab it because it's it's incredible value. And I'm right there with you. I was all over this theory that he was the test car for Hendrick Motorsports in the middle of the season. And the reason is because he was the first Hendrick Motorsports driver to grab two wins. And two wins is 100% going to lock you into the playoffs. Yeah. And then, you know, at some point, Chase Elliott grabbed his second win there as well. But Elliott was contending for the season points title. So they didn't want to put him as the test car because that season points title comes with a big bonus in the playoff points. So uh, that's why Elliott, when he grabbed his second, that he didn't go into test mode. So I am fully on board with the theory that Byron became a test car halfway through the season. And like I said, I was jumping all over Byron beginning of the playoffs as well where he picked that speed back up because it was no longer test mode it was go get the championship mode so i love byron 16 to 1 william byron 16 to 1 and here comes byron william byron will win i love it stevie i think this is a very fun first show you looking forward to the rest of the year oh yeah i can't wait i mean next week 
we're gonna have so much fun talking daytona one of our greatest memories as friends is like just being at daytona hanging out so i'm excited for the 500 but i'm excited for the season i think that we're gonna bring excellent content to everyone all year and um i mean this is this is a show that is such a long time in the making so yeah i'm, I'm pumped Daytona 500 is the Super Bowl, right? Like NFL ends with the Super Bowl. Then the next week is another Super Bowl. It's so exciting. I am so ready for it. But that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Running Hot, the all-new motorsports betting podcast from Action Network. We'll be back this time next week previewing all things betting in the Daytona 500 it's going to be a nice long show because we got a lot to talk about for Daytona. I definitely can't wait for that. On behalf of my co-host, Stevie Young, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, Help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.